Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It is really good to be back with Dennis Stackhouse today. Well, thank you, Gary. As always, it's a real pleasure for me to be here with you and to be part of this program. And once again, to welcome our listening audience and have the opportunity to take time out and study God's Word together. Amen. Dennis, we have been uh, looking at a really important series of studies, I believe, one certainly very pertinent to our lives. We've been kind of getting into a rather in-depth study about Christ. Now, certainly not as in-depth as we could get into or as detailed, but we've been looking at, uh, looking at Jesus Christ, God's Son, God on earth, our Lord and Savior in a pretty in-depth fashion. That's right, Gary, and uh, very appropriately so. Yes. We introduced this series of studies by making the point that This is a time when a lot of people are thinking about their relationship with God and with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's motivated, that kind of sort of refocusing is motivated by any number of factors, many of them external, uh, things that are happening in the world around us. Uh, We made the note that after 9-11, a lot of people started thinking about their spiritual lives more. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. One of those things that... I guess you'd say it shakes us to our senses. Yes, yes. I think in times of uh, war also, probably tend, uh, people probably tend to refocus on their relationship with God. I think that's right. And then there are times of, of crises where people will be experiencing different kinds of crises, some of them personal, some of them might be national you know, mm-hmm. or regional. Could it be, could be an economic thing? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then there are things that, that are personal, that are in their lives, um, relationship problems, 
physical problems, mm-hmm. injuries, health, job related, you know, again, the economy could be on the outs, all those kinds of things can cause people to stop and realize, you know, I need someone else to help me with all of this. Mm, that's right. It's, it causes us to look outside of ourselves and to realize, in essence, how small we are. That's correct. And then there are some people who, at certain times of the year, will think about mm-hmm. their relationship with God in something of a renewed way. And, and I'm just glad that, that something can cause people to come back to the realization that, you know, I need God. Yes, and really... Uh, For all of us, Gary, there's no more important realization than just that, the fact that we do need God in our lives. We need to depend upon him. We need to trust him for all we are. Now, someone might say, and especially if they're listening for the first time in this particular series, they might say, well, I thought you were studying about Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, Christ is God the Son. Right. And if we're thinking about how do I come to God in the the general sense, then Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me, John Mm -hmm. 14 and verse 6. That's right. So he is the only way to God. Exactly. The apostle Peter said in Acts 4 and verse 12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved only through Christ. Talking about Jesus, that's right. So if we're going to talk about God in reality, if we're talking about I want to be with God, I want to walk with God, I want to be faithful with God, uh, to God, I, I want the salvation that God offers me, I want to have that right relationship with God, there is no way to have that focus properly without also focusing on Jesus Christ. That's exactly the case. They go hand in hand. Yes, that's right. Cannot be separated. Not at all. And I know that some people say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Christ. Well, I'm sorry. There's only one way to God. That's through Christ. That's what the scriptures clearly tell us. Yes. Now, on the night of his betrayal, Jesus was in the upper room with the apostles. The 17th chapter of the gospel account according to John depicts for us some of his very personal thoughts during that time. And this chapter is, in fact, in essence, almost entirely a prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. How about reading the first three verses of John chapter 17? Right. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. On that night then, and this was the night of his betrayal, before very long after he utters these words in prayer to to God the Father, He's going to be taken captive. Yes, that's right. And then from that point, in a very speedy fashion, he's going to go to the cross. He will for a fact. 
the next morning. He'll be hanging on the cross. Yes. Now, so in this prayer, in the opening portion of this prayer, he, he says in verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yes. So he's praying that they would know God the Father and know God the Son. That's right. Now, in this particular portion of this study that we've been going through, we have tried to paint a contrast between simply knowing about Christ and actually knowing Christ. Mm, Right. There are a lot of people who know about Christ who really don't know Christ. I'm afraid Very that's little, right. if at all. Yes. Now, we, we in, in part of this study, we pointed to James chapter 2, where those demons in hell believe and mm-hmm. tremble. Right. They know about God. They know about Christ. Right. And they believe. That's right. They know it's reality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they're still demons. They're still in hell. Mm-hmm. And they're trembling. That belief never caused them to take the appropriate action. Uh, apparently not, at least not to the extent that uh, they, it, it needed to. Right. You know. And mm-hmm. so you can believe, you can know about intellectually without coming to know the Savior. Mm-hmm. Have that personal relationship with him that is right. Now, let's go back to, uh, and we, we read this particular passage last time, this text, but let's go back and reread it and then move on from there. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Okay. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. The Apostle Paul is writing this. Right. Now, if we took the time to read the first several verses of this particular chapter, we'd find that that Paul is talking about his pedigree as a Jew here. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) And that's a pretty pretty good way to put it, isn't it? It really is. He was not talking about that from the standpoint of boasting, not at all. But he was he was making a comparison. He you know he was uh, basically saying you know now my fellow Jews you mm-hmm. know and I, we're reading in between the lines paraphrasing somewhat, mm-hmm. but certainly the Jewish mindset would have considered their their lineage their bloodline to have been very very important from a spiritual perspective. It absolutely was. Paul says you know. Um, you know, if I wanted to talk about my pedigree, <laughs> I'd really have something to boast about here. Yes. Yeah, and, and he, he starts to list that out in, in, in the several verses before verse 7. But then in verse 7 he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Mm-hmm. What does he mean by that, Dennis? Well, as you're alluding to, Gary, Paul had really excelled within the Jewish faith, 
the Jewish religion, uh, the what we might consider the law of Moses. And he had excelled to such a point that he himself made the statement on one occasion that he had become more zealous than his other countrymen regarding these ancestral traditions. He was really highly thought of within the Jewish community, so much so that as we're first introduced to Paul in the New Testament, we find him going out with the authority to persecute anyone he found who belonged to what he called the way, uh, Christians, Christian people. And he had the authority to bind them and to bring them bound back to Jerusalem. And there are uh, many things that could have been done with them from that point, but on some occasions these people were actually killed because of their faith in Christ. So Paul had excelled above many, many others within this Jewish system, and yet he's saying, you know, as far as I have come in this realm, it doesn't mean a thing compared to my relationship with Christ. All of that is loss. In, in fact, I, I suspect he even was at least subliminally, perhaps, or, or without speaking it, getting across the essence of his understanding that none of that matters uh, right. anymore. That's right. Since I've learned about Christ mm-hmm. and since I've become a Christian. I think that's right. And to the Jewish mindset, he probably threw all that away as far as they were concerned. Yes. You know, a Hebrew of Hebrews, mm-hmm. studied at the feet of Gamaliel. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his, his bloodline was impeccable. Yes. And and yet, to, and he became a Christian. And so the Jewish mindset, they probably would have looked at these things that they would have thought would set them apart and give them something of an elevated status mm-hmm. or image spiritually in, in the world. He threw all that away in becoming a Christian. He sure did. And so he says, I count the, I've, I've counted all this loss for right. Christ. Mm-hmm. Now... He goes on then and said, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. How many of us do you suppose, Dennis, really could make that statement in an absolute sense and say, oh yeah, I've, I've turned my back on everything? In an absolute sense, I'm not sure I could identify someone who would be able to say that, Gary. And yet, aren't we supposed to at least have our mind focused on on the commitment that this world doesn't matter compared to my being in Christ? Mm-hmm. Whatever I might achieve in my career field doesn't matter in comparison to being saved in Christ, mm-hmm. whatever relationships I might build have to take second place, at the very least, to my relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we have some real problems with that, don't we? Well, we really do. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Galatians 2, verse 20, where he indicated that he was crucified with Christ and it was no longer he that lived, but Christ lived in him. And 
I've always looked at that as an ideal for my own life. Uh, you know, if I could say that along with Paul, uh, I'd be tempted to be proud, <laughs> even though we're not yeah. supposed to be proud. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I mean, if I could make a statement like that, I would certainly feel as though I was on the right track with my Christian life. But it would be hard for us to to uh, probably make that statement in, in a dogmatic sense. That's right. Intellectually, I think we can say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe even emotionally. Right. But if we really stopped and examined ourselves and said, am I really living that? We probably have some problems. It's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, that's, I think that's is exactly what we're right. talking yes. about. <laughs> yeah. And But Paul really did walk away from what so many of his probably family and also basically all of his acquaintances and friends Mm -hmm. and associates would have looked at as being just outstanding. Some of them, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you could just be human, might have envied him to no end to have had those particular uh, statistics that they could call upon from their lineage. That's right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned just a moment ago, just to illustrate that, uh, that Paul had been taught by Gamaliel. And if I understand correctly, uh, this individual had attained such a prestigious status that he was able to actually handpick the students who would learn from him. Very out of the ordinary. Highly esteemed. Exactly. And so to have studied under his feet, obviously from Paul, simply from Paul making specific reference to it, must have been a very highly esteemed opportunity and privilege. I think that's exactly right. Yet in becoming a Christian, once again, because he was turning away from the system of Judaism doctrinally, and he was moving into what Judaism was designed to lead the Jews to, and that it was Christianity. Mm-hmm. In the Jewish mind, he was walking away from all of that. That's right. The yeah. typical Jewish mind. Yes, exactly. So, commitment. Now, we're talking about basically total commitment here. We are for a fact. Not just spoken, not just verbal, not just mm-hmm. Uh, emotional, a feeling, but we're talking about somebody who actually, as you said, put the rubber on the road. I mean, he really walked the walk. So much so that he could say in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, that he wanted his readers to imitate him just as he imitated Christ. That's correct. Now, in reference to the point of our particular study here, this part of our study, the difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ, Paul's laying out here his, no longer his Jewish credentials, Mm -hmm. but he's laying out now his his Christian credentials. That's right. I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, these things he's mentioned. Right. And count them as rubbish. Now, that's a pretty strong term also. Yeah, that is. I believe the King James Version actually uses the word dung there. I think so. In other words, they're just refuse mm-hmm. in comparison to being in Christ. 
that I may gain Christ. He goes on in verse 9 and says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. That would have been the Jewish system. Right. But that which is through faith in Christ, that's Christianity. Mm -hmm. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, verse 10, that I may know him Mm -hmm. and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that I may know him. Mm -hmm. I think that that very deep kind of knowing Christ was what enabled Paul to a great extent to write what you alluded to earlier and mentioned earlier in Galatians 2 and verse 20. Yes, it goes beyond the intellectual. It's something that is very personal. It's very real. It's a total commitment, as we've said. Yeah, it's not just a feeling. No. It is a life. A lifestyle, that's right. I've tried to make the point, Dennis, for many years now in teaching and preaching about faith, real faith. I've tried to make the point that, you know, my faith cannot be part of my life, such as my job is part of my life or Mm -hmm. my recreation is part of my life. These relationships over here, maybe they're part of my life. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, yeah, my faith, that's part of my life, too. Mm-hmm. can't work that way. It It's not that easy to compartmentalize. Uh, like you said, well, we get up in the morning, it's time to go to work, and we reach up on our shelf and we take off, okay, this is our vocational life. And then we get home and maybe we've got something planned in the evening and take off the shelf, okay, this is my social life. And then maybe Sunday morning comes around and we're up and we're about and, oh, okay, now I, I need to take my faith off the shelf. This is going to be that religious or spiritual part of my life. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, what you're alluding to, Gary, is absolutely accurate. Faith, our faith has got to be our life. That's correct. It's got to be our life. It's got to guide our life, govern our life. It's got to be our life. It's got to be what we live our lives by. Exactly. To be real, real faith. Yes. Now, so Paul says, I gave all of that up. What probably had been so important to him, and probably, again, what his, his uh, brethren in Judaism would have thought still should have been so important to him. He says, mm-hmm. I gave all that up mm-hmm. to be in Christ. Quite a high standing, I would suspect. Yes, yes. Well, he was probably a member of the Sanhedrin Council. Very likely. We know that he was a Pharisee. And that he did have the capacity, the authority to to actually take a vote on the Mm -hmm. life or death of some of these Jews who he had captured as Christians. Right. And voted for their death. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was probably on some kind of council anyway. And it's been speculated, the Sanhedrin. Yes. And yet he turned his back on all of that. Mm-hmm. And on all of those relationships mm-hmm. to be in Christ. That's right. Very, very important. Now, that's living the faith. That's living the life. And what a powerful message that should send to each one of us. Yes. This was so vitally important to Paul that he was able to give up all of that prestige, all of that honor, all of that glory, if you will, that he enjoyed within the Jewish realm push it all aside, and and as pointed out in the text, he considered it 
No more than rubbish. Again, pretty strong terms. All of that he put aside in order to have a relationship in Christ. To be saved. What a change in life he had made. Tremendous change. Incredible lesson, as you said, for each one of us today. A lesson which we all ought to take to heart and try to implement into our lives in the best way that we can. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again, all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com www.churchofchrist.com Click on the email link and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD also for free and again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more though than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible. And may God guide you and bless you as you study his word.